Thank you, Jesus. Man, it's a beautiful Sunday morning, and I'm just so excited to be here this morning. Amen. Just look at your neighbor and smile. Tell them honor, honor. is manifested, manifested. <laughs> in, treasure. in treasure. Tell them Jesus said, Jesus where, your is, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know, I grew up in a church where they said, you know, God doesn't actually need anything from you. All he wants is your heart. And, and while that sounds nice and uh, scriptural, it's actually not. Amen. Because what God wants uh, from you is your heart. And your, man, your heart is manifested by where you put your treasure. Because Jesus said, if you want to know where your heart is, just uh, uh, do what is called a paper trail. And people don't like that. But that's for real. Ladies, how many single ladies in the house do we have? Just lift your hand. Let me help you with something. If you want to know whether he honors you or not, just do the paper trail. Amen? Because <laughs> where, where his treasure is, is where his heart is. It's as simple as that. If he don't buy you nothing. Okay. <laughs> Amen? Then his heart is not in it. Someone shout good advice. Eh? I mean, they sang a song in the 80s called No, Ro no Romance Without Finance. <laughs> he says, you better have a J-O-B if you want to be with me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and this is free advice for the single lady. You better have a J-O-B if he wants to be with you. Amen. <laughs> she went on to say, ain't nothing going on with the rent. <laughs> nothing is going on with the rent, so <laughs> you don't qualify. All right, let's get into it. This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer, not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word. And my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Alright, still talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. Um, I just want to welcome my personal trainer, Tabo. He's in the house with his wife this morning. Amen. Big up to you. I've been trying to get him to church for the past six months. So I'm so glad he's here. Amen. How many of you know that we are to preach the gospel everywhere we go? <laughs> While he's making me sweat, I'm preaching to him. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so we've been talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. And building up to today, we discovered that the Holy Spirit is the most important person in the life of a believer. We also discovered that the Holy Spirit is not a force. And uh, we also discovered that the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is not something weird or spooky, even though it has been made out to be that way. Amen? And we discovered this, so uh, if you were not here, you can visit our website and download the uh, two teachings from uh, these past two weeks for free, and you'll be able to catch up. Amen? So we gave you seven things so far. We're trying to build up to 15 things the Holy Spirit will do in the life of a believer. And again, this is not an exhaustive list 
of everything that the Holy Spirit. This is just what I could come up with for this particular setting and for this service. Amen. So, today we are on number 8. And if you're taking down notes, write this down. The Holy Spirit sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts. Write that down. The Holy Spirit sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts. Romans chapter number 5 verse 5. In other words, you cannot claim to have the person of the Holy Spirit and just be a mean person. Have you ever seen Christians that are just mean? They just mean. Amen? And they claim to be Christians. No, that's not the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Watch what it says. In Romans chapter number 5, verse 5. It says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You know what else it means? It means you have no excuse not to love, because the love of God has already been poured out into your hearts by the Holy Spirit. You know, they say the statement uh, 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 in Scripture, actually, it's a scriptural principle that you cannot give what you don't have. And God understands that. He understands that you cannot love your brother in your own strength. In fact, the Bible says, this is the Apostle Paul writing, he said, in and of myself there is no good thing. In me there is no good thing. In my flesh there is nothing good. So the only way we can love one another is when we have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we let that flow out of us. I like to call it the divine flow. Remember when Jesus was ministering to the woman at the well? And as he was ministering to her, he went to her, in fact, and he said, give me to drink. Give me water. She was uh, uh, at the well, and uh, she said, uh, how can I give you water? You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan. There is no fellowship. <laughs> and Jesus said, well, if you knew who it was that was asking you for water, you would have asked me for water. Wait a minute. Jesus, you just asked me for water, right? Now you are telling me that if I knew who you was, I was going to ask you for water? You know what that shows us? That shows us that everything that God asks you to do is getting ready to do the very thing for you. She thought he was there to ask for water. He wasn't there to ask for water. He was there to give her water. But the scriptural principle is whatever you give, it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And he said, if you knew who was talking to you, you would have asked me and I would have given you the water and the kind of water that I give you, you will never thirst again. And she said, man, you don't even have anything to draw with. She didn't know he was talking about the Holy Spirit. And he said, after that, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit and out of you, out of your belly, shall rivers flow, welling up to eternal life. What is Jesus talking about? He's talking about the love of God flowing out of the life of believers to touch a dying community. See, people around you will never be converted by manipulation. See, the problem is we try to do the work of the Holy Spirit, especially husbands and wives. You know, when your wife is not married, is not uh, uh, a Christian, or your husband is not a people get into all kinds of stuff, man. Because I counsel people, I hear all kinds of stuff. I mean, I've heard of wives that go into the house and open the Bible at a certain scripture and leave it at an angle. <laughs> so that when he wakes up, he must see it. How many of you know that that's not the work of the Holy Spirit? 
That's just manipulation. Amen. All you have to do is submit to the Holy Spirit and let the love of God flow out of you. And as you do that, nations will be changed. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, you already have the love of God. So there is no excuse to love your neighbor. Luke 17 verse 1. Luke chapter 17 verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. Luke 17, verse 1. Watch what it says. Then he said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come, but war to him through whom they do come. In other words, you are going to be offended as long as you are in this earth realm. Amen? Next verse. It would be better for he if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Next verse. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Next verse. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall what? I didn't hear that. Seven times, Pastor. That's what the Bible said. Did you see that? Seven times. Next verse. <laughs> and the apostle said, Lord, increase our faith. This is the only time throughout the whole scripture that the apostles ever asked for more faith. When it comes to forgiving, for forgiveness and dealing with people, it's the only time. <laughs> when they were casting out devils, they never asked for more faith. When they were healing the sick, they never asked for more faith. <laughs> but then when they were told, you are to forgive your neighbor. They were like, ah, Lord. <laughs> I need some faith to do it. And that's true. Amen. <laughs> the only way to live a life filled with the God kind of love that can forgive others for their wrong, the only way to do it is to have the God kind of faith, and not only that, to manifest the love of God which has already been shared abroad in our, in our hearts. Next verse. And watch what Jesus said in verse 6. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it will obey you. In other words, Jesus was telling them, you already have enough faith to forgive your brother. Just act on it. So the first thing is we have no excuse not to walk in love as children of God. Because the love of God has been given to us. Amen. We have no excuse to carry offenses or strive. Amen. We have to forgive one another. And we have to manifest the love of God. And the church don't like messages like this. They would rather I come up here and just say, you are blessed. <laughs> blessed coming in. <laughs> And bless going out. But the balance is, while you're walking in your blessing, forgive your wife. Forgive your husband. Forgive your neighbor. Can you do it? Because that's where the real test is. You know, Christians, some Christians are mean. <laughs> this is why, man, if I was uh, uh, picking up callings, I wouldn't have chosen to be a pastor. You know why? Because dealing with, 
Being a pastor means you have to deal with God and his children. And God's kids are crazy. Amen? I would have picked to be a CEO of some product manufacturing company. You know why? Because then I don't have to deal with people. All I have to deal with is products. And products don't lie about you. Products don't gossip. Products don't... Man, products is good. You just fix the product and sell it to the market and make all the money. People, people are crazy. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> But guess what? That's the calling that you and I have. To go into the world and be a difference, watch this, in people's lives. That's a tough one. Number two, if you take it down notes, true Bible love focuses on God and others and not self. True Bible love focuses on God and others and not self. You know, I counsel a lot of young people uh, uh, who want to get into ministry. And the number one problem I see in most of them is uh, 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 they want to get into ministry for self. And some of my pastor friends, when they get up to preach, they use all these big words. Because they're not preaching really to transform anyone's lives. They are preaching to show you how, how educated they are and how great they can sound. And, and right after the service, they come to you and say, how was that? <laughs> so you can feed their ego. So they're not doing it to change people's lives. They're doing it for self. To feel good about themselves. And that's a wrong reason to get into ministry altogether. If you want to get into ministry, you better make sure, number one, God is your focus. And number two, others are a priority before you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And I went to see my mentor uh, um, when I was getting ready to go into ministry 2003. And I asked him, I said, what, what's the one thing you can give me that will keep me uh, uh, in ministry for a very long time and finish strong? Because you see, when you get into ministry or any kind of calling that God has given you, which is significant. How many of you know that God has given each and every one of us a calling that can make us significant in our lives? Yeah. Only if we tap into it. Yeah. Man, you can be, a, you can be a, as significant as you were created to be if you ask the voice of the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the assignment that you're supposed to walk in. So the problem is we have, you see, when someone is in their calling, it's attractive. And when it's attractive, everybody wants to become them. And some of my friends, they're always uh, uh, talking down on Joel Osteen, man, just Joel Osteen. Why can't Joel Osteen be like his father? Because he is not his father. Amen. Amen. Everybody wants me to be John G. Lake. They want you to be John G. Because they like John G. I am not John G. Lake. I am Tafara. And guess what? I am good at being Tafara. I like being me. Amen? And if you became you, you would be significant. You would change people's lives wherever you go. Just being you. Amen? So I went and, and uh, spoke to my mentor and he told me three things. He said you are to be careful for three things. The three G's he called them. He says number one, you have to be careful of how you handle the gold, the money. Because most ministers have been tripped up by money. He says, number two, the girls. Some, every married man in this house shout, every woman. Every woman. I said shout it. <laughs> every married man, I want you to shout, every woman. Every woman. That's, older than me, That's older than me. Is my mother. Is my mother. 
and every woman that's younger than me is my sister. And that's a no-go area because we are related. It's called incest. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, first, the gold, second, the girls, and third, the glory. He says, when you start doing what you do to get the glory, you're out of line. And you're not changing anyone's life. Amen? Amen. So, we are to step out, and, and, and when we step out, our focus should be God and others, not self. Because self will cause you problems. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. Number three, the gifts of the Spirit work effectively through the love of God shared by the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And I like to call it the divine flow. You know, the, the way to operate the gifts of the Holy Spirit is to let the love of God flow out of you. You know, and most of you have experienced this. You know, you're standing in a, in a queue. In fact, that's how Jesus ministered. The Bible always says, and Jesus was, was overwhelmed with compassion. And then when you're overwhelmed with compassion, the gifts of the Holy Spirit start flowing out of you. And most of you feel this. You know, you're walking down a mall or you're standing in a, in, a, in a pick and pay queue and someone in front of you is trying to put together coins to pay and then you have this sense, an overwhelming love of God rising up on the inside of you. It's not you. It's the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because <laughs> you, you is selfish. The real you, the real you is a, Whenever you have a voice speak to you that inspires you or instructs you to do something for somebody else, you already know that's not you. That's the Holy Spirit. That's how you determine whether it's God or it's you speaking to you. Not by the uh, uh, quality or the texture or the sound of the voice. You know why? Because God uses your vocal faculties, so sometimes it might sound like it's just you. But if it's to minister to someone else, you might as well God told you might as well say God told me. Because uh, we know, we know that was not you. Because we know you. You <laughs> you be selfish. You be thinking about you. Uh, amen. amen. And and what we call it is the divine flow. It's the power of God flowing out of you to reach out to someone. I was preaching in California a few years back and there was a gentleman sitting at the back and I only found out uh, after that he had uh, uh, multiple sclerosis. Is that what they call it? And, and sclerosis? Sclerosis? Something like that. That's what he had. So I was ministering and I just felt the love of God coming out of me, being drawn to that man. You know, I felt an, it's a supernatural thing. I can't explain it. And I'm preaching, and I'm preaching, and I'm preaching. And I knew God wanted to minister to him. And when I finished preaching, he came to the stage uh, with his wife, because I was now praying for the sick. And when he got to the stage, he put the walker that he was walking with on the side, because he wanted to exercise his faith and start walking. And the wife was like, no, 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 you can't do that, because you're going to fall and embarrass us. You know, wives don't want to be embarrassed. <laughs> You know, they don't want to be embarrassed. Wives, man, I see it with my dad. I mean, you dress up and look good and, you know, getting ready to leave the house. Where do you think you're going with that shirt? You're going to embarrass us. You know, so she was getting ready to give that thing back. And, and he said, no, I want to walk. And I said, let, let the man walk. And then she took it away and the man started walking up the stage and the man got healed. 
And it was nothing that I did. It was the love of God coming out of me to minister to people. And if you let the love of God come out of you, it's called the divine flow. If you start cooperating with the love of God and let the love of God come out of you and, 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 and act on the love of God every time He challenges you to do something, you start getting more and more of that coming out of you and ministry becomes easy. Man, when you understand how much God loves you and how much God loves people, ministry becomes easy. Did you know that God wants to heal people more than you want to heal them? The problem we have in the church is we think we want people healed and God is sitting in heaven and he does not care. And it is our responsibility to put together a thousand people so we can bombard heaven, the gates of heaven, and convince God to come and heal people. Man, when you listen to some people pray for sick people, it's like they're trying to convince a God who does not want to heal people to come down and heal people. God wants them healed more than you want them, you want them healed. Someone just lift up both of your hands like this. The Bible says if you lay these things on the sick, they will recover. It didn't even say if you pray for the sick. It just says if you take these things, put them on a sick person, that person will recover. That's what the Bible says. You know why? Because God wants to minister to people more than you want to minister to people. So you have to let the love of God flow out of you. Last week we got a, an interesting uh, 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 prophecy from Ezekiel 47. And I was thinking and meditating on that word. And it's talking about the exact same thing. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6.19, Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, whom you were given by God. So the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, and He wants to go out so He can minister to people. So when Jesus said, out of you shall rivers flow, welling up to eternal life, he was talking about exactly what we see in Ezekiel 47, according to that prophecy from last week. And for those of you who are not here, it's a, it's a prophetic word of a, a river that flowed out of a temple. And this river is basically the love of God flowing out of you. Amen? Let's go to Ezekiel 47, verse 12. Ezekiel 47, verse 12. Thank you, Jesus. See, the New Testament gives you a principle and the Old Testament always gives a story or, or, or a picture of what that principle means. Amen? Ezekiel 47, verse 8. Ezekiel 47, verse 8. Thank you, Jesus. Are we good? If you have it, say, I have it. And then the Bible says, Then he said to me, The water flows towards the eastern region, goes into the valley, and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. That's what he's saying. He's saying wherever you go, healing must be a manifestation. Not because you're cranking or you're fasting or you're doing something, simply because there's a, a, a river of water coming out of you. In fact, Jesus called it a fountain. You know, in America, they would call it an artesian well. You know, it, it keeps coming out. Amen? Have you ever seen those fountains? They never run out of water. It just keeps coming out. Amen? And even if you try to stop it, it keeps coming out. And that's how you and I should live our lives. 
We should just let the power of God, the love of God, be manifested that way. It keeps coming out. Even if they offend you, you can't stop. See, growing up, man, I was just naughty. I was crazy. I thought I was a gangster. <laughs> In fact, I belong to a gang. <laughs> In the school. You know, we had a gang, about five guys, and we would always get into fights. I mean, we were so crazy, we would go to a party and say, man, this party is so good. Now we need to get into a fight so we can have a story that goes with the party. <laughs> but guess what? When I received Jesus Christ and I caught this revelation, I can't even lift up a finger. And by the way, now I have bigger biceps, so I could do more damage. <laughs> Amen? But right now, I can't even lift a finger, man. When people cut me in traffic, I laugh. You know why? Because that thing keeps coming out and I can't stop it. Sometimes I want to stop it because I want to get angry like everybody else. But guess what? I can't. It's a fountain. It keeps coming out. And sometimes people around me get angry for me. Say, Man, why don't you get angry? Okay, we will get angry for you. You know why? Because it's the love of God that just keeps coming out. You cannot be offended. When you live in this place. Amen. Watch what else it says. Verse 9. <clears throat> and it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, will live. That's you. Wherever you go, there should be a manifestation of life. There will be a great multitude of fish. There will be a manifestation of prosperity. Amen. Watch what else it says. Because these waters go there, for they will be healed, and everything will live wherever the river goes. Next verse. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it, and from Engedi to Engliam, <laughs> there will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. Man, this is awesome. Next verse. But its swamps and marshes will not. Someone say will not. Will not. I didn't hear that. Come on, say it with passion. <laughs> it says its swamps and marshes will not. They will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. This is a powerful revelation. For anyone who's called to any kind of ministry. Not everyone who sits under your teaching will be healed. See, a swamp is a disconnected body of water. It's disconnected from the flow. So nothing in the swamp will be healed. You know why? Because it's disconnected even to your ministry. That's coming out of you. And that should not offend you. That's how things are always going to be. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2.15, the message that we preach to the saved or to those who are being saved is a sweet-smelling aroma. But to those who are perishing, it's an odor or a stench of death. Same message. Man, growing up in ministry and starting out in ministry, I wanted everyone to receive my messages. Everyone must get this revelation because it's so powerful. I want everyone to be healed. I want everyone to be prospered. But that's not reality. That's far from the truth. The truth of the matter is, whoever is connected will be healed. Whoever is in a swamp and a mash, disconnected, will not, will not, will not be healed. 
I used to go to meetings, man, and I'd preach, preach a powerful sermon. And someone is sitting in there, you know, that red uh, emoji, emoticon on your, on your phone that you send when you're angry. Someone will be sitting in there and I'm flowing in the gifts and I'm preaching a powerful message. They're just looking at me like I'm not receiving any of it. You better, you better change your sermon. And guess what? When I was young in the Lord, I would change my sermon because I want to make everybody happy. Now, I don't give a rip. No, I don't. I just come and submit to God and preach whatever God tells me to. Man, especially when you teach on money, it's like something rises up. I don't care, man. I'm just submitting to God. I'll teach whatever God asks me to teach. If they didn't agree with Jesus, guess what? They're not going to agree with me. In fact, Jesus said you ought to be careful if everybody agrees with you. That's what Jesus said. In fact, Jesus went on to say, if they hated me, what more you? They're going to hate you too. Someone shout, I will not be moved by swamps and mashes. Trying to get everybody to speak in tongues. Because it's good for you, man. You have to speak in tongues, man. Receive this baptism of the Holy Spirit. No, I don't want her. <laughs> man, I'll go home depressed, thinking, man, they don't know. It's so good for them. Now I don't care. I just preach the message. Whoever is connected to the floor gets healed. Whoever is not, the Bible says they will not be healed. And I can't help them. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, moving right along. Next verse. Along the bank of the river on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. And it's talking about you. It's talking about the divine flow that will flow out of your life. Love always wins. Those of you who are married and you're trying to convince your husband to come to church, don't do it any other way except the love way. Everything else is annoying. (laughs) I might as well say it. Everything else is annoying. Everything else can be classified as a nag. Just nagging. Oh, she nags me too much. The only way, the scripture says, the only way to get an unsaved mate to be saved is to leave a holy life. It is to live a life that is a manifestation of God's kind of love. When they do something crazy, you don't respond with crazy. You respond with forgiveness. You respond with love. And guess what? Love always wins. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Number nine, if you're taking down notes, the Holy Spirit will reveal our assignments. The Holy Spirit will reveal your assignment. Acts chapter number 13, verse 2. Acts 13, verse 2. Thank you, Jesus. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And who? The Holy Spirit said. Who said? I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. The Holy Spirit said. Not their cousin. Not their friend at church. You know, my friend at church said, I mean, I speak very well, so I think I'm called to be a pastor. 
or I'm called to be a teacher, or I'm called to be uh, 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 whatever you think you're called to be. The only person who reveals assignments is the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something. Being a minister of God has got nothing to do with how well you speak. <laughs> In fact, I couldn't even make the public speaking at school because I was just terrible at speaking. I just couldn't say anything. In fact, I was so afraid of public speaking, it was crazy. <laughs> but guess what? When God told me, you are called to be, I just said, yes, I'll do it. And then God began to, you know, uh, uh, speak through me. Just let the Holy Spirit speak through you. And as you do your work, he will do the rest. Yeah. Amen. You know, I, always, I have all kinds of friends who are celebrities. One of my friends, uh, Luis, came to me and he said, hey, Tavara, man, if, if only I could preach like you. Man, that would be awesome. And I was looking at him. I said, bro, if only I could sing like you. <laughs> I was like, man, if I could sing like you, I'd serenade my wife, you know, on her birthday, just walk in there and say, you once, <laughs> twice, three times. <laughs> And I said, uh-uh, man. And guess what? Uh-uh, I'm looking at it. You know why? Because whenever people operate in their assignments, it's attractive. You want to you wanna be like them. Whenever people are themselves, it's attractive. Amen? You know, I was talking to my wife, and she said, why did you pick me out of all the girls? I said, I picked you because you are you. Just tell your neighbor, can you allow me to do me? Just ask them. Just ask them, is it okay if I just do me? <laughs> hey man, just do you. Just do, don't try to be somebody else. Hey man, <laughs> if I tell your neighbor, do you. And I'm going to do me. <laughs> and we'll be alright. Hey man, you know why? Because when you start doing you, Listen to me. God has given each and every one of us in here a purpose that is so significant that when we become us, we will change the world. The biggest problem is, you know, you're trying to be your boss or you're trying to be that girl you saw in the Cosmopolitan magazine. What's her name? Hyla Berry? Is that her name? Or Beyonce? You're trying, you're trying to be somebody else. No, just do you. Just find out what God has created you to do and do you so well that you can't help it but just be you. Be yourself, man. And as you do that, I can tell you the power of the Holy Spirit. He said here, now the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. It is the Holy Spirit that will reveal your assignment to you. But the way to, re to, to reveal your assignment is when the church has to run away as quickly as we can from just being fake people. Just fakery. It's way too much fakery. Just be you. Amen? Is there even a word? People? When people laugh like this, I get concerned. <laughs> Probably laughing at me. <laughs> way too much fakery. Amen? Just be yourself. Be yourself. Amen. And I'll tell you this, man. It's less work being you. <laughs> it is too much work trying to be someone else. Way too much. <laughs> you know, I remember growing up, we used to watch these music videos. 
I mean, these guys would wear these clothes just on set, on the music video. We wanted to wear the clothes going to church. We're trying to wear the clothes going to school. But these guys were just wearing these clothes on set, on TV. And guess what? It was a problem. It's so much less work just being yourself. Amen? So let the Holy Spirit reveal to you what your assignment is and step into it and do it excellently. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. We all have a unique talent. You know, the Bible reveals that ontologically, you know, we are all the same. We are all equal. We can all approach God at the same level. But when it comes to uh, the house economics or the, the, the running of God's house, God has given to us, all of us, different gifts that are amazing. All of us have different gifts that are amazing. In fact, the Apostle Paul uses the analogy of a human body. He says, one of you is an eye. Some of you are... Uh, if, see, if the eye said to the nose, ah, today I want to fix you. I don't want to see anything. What would happen? The whole body will suffer. Because you're going to bump into something and so on and so forth. Now if you're not said, okay, today I want to fix everybody else. And unfortunately, that's what happens in the church. We have amazingly gifted people that want to fix everyone. And I'm called to be a singer, but yeah. I'm, today I want to see, I want to see what people do. And the whole body is suffering. The whole body stops in its tracks because people just don't want to be themselves and contribute in the way that God has called them to be. Just be yourself, man. It doesn't matter. Even the part that uh, you feel does not contribute to your body, even the part that you feel is not needed in your body, if you want to know whether it's needed or not, cut it off. <laughs> The whole body will be in pain. You know why? Because God put it for a reason. This is why we need everyone in here. And we need the special gifts and the talents that God has placed in your life. And as you start putting them to use in the body of Christ, we become a more complete body. God never created anyone to come to a meeting like this and just sit and receive. In fact, the Apostle Paul said, when you come to a meeting like this, let one come with a song. Let another come with a word of prophecy. Let another come with an interpretation. Let another come with a tongue. You know why? Because we are a body. And everyone is contributing. Everyone is putting in their work. And we can all become significant in our own specific areas of calling if we just made a decision. I'm going to be me. Hallelujah. What time is this? Still at number 10, but 11 32. Oh, okay. I'm out of time. We'll do that next week. Amen. Why don't you stand on your feet? Hallelujah.